0: 34 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. What are you laughing at? That's always how I intro. That
1: was a lot of gusto. Oh,
0: well. Welcome.
1: Welcome, brother. <laughs> I pity the fool.
0: That was the worst, Mr. T.
1: But you knew who I was.
0: Only because of the catchers. so
1: bad, you knew who I was. Ugh.
0: Welcome to episode 234 (laughs) of the Throwdown (laughs) Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here, brought to you by the Dorkening and Deadly Grounds Coffee in the Magenta Manor Pat Cave. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. You
1: sound so thrilled. I'm joined, As always.
0: As always.
1: She won't leave me alone.
0: It's like the, uh... She
1: took half my stuff. The
0: Simpsons episode with Mark Hamill where he's like, uh... Homer's trying to guard the mayor. He's like, oh, come on, let's go out. He's like, no, uh, I thought I would stay home with the, uh... (sighs) Wife. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really want to stay in with... (sighs) The wife. (laughs) It's just like... (sighs) Uh, but, no, I am excited because she is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Charlemagne of Chardonnay. I don't know if that works. The – I was going to try and come up with something with Riesling. The Princess of Pinot Noir. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like that one. But she is the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, she is Ashes Von Nightmare.
1: Hello. Hello. No school!
0: Yeah, today is... No school! We are recording this on Wednesday night, and work for Ashes has already been canceled. Because because of this
1: big fucking Nor'easter we're getting.
0: No, this is more of a Blizzard.
1: Blizzard? Those ice creams that you get from Dairy Queen? I'm going to go
0: outside and eat all the Oreos.
1: (laughs) Cheesequake Blizzard? Oh, I don't know. So we have a Dairy Queen... Kind of near us. It's like 10, 15 we, we've, minutes away. We've gone a couple of times. But they don't have the Cheesequake blizzards. And I'm wondering, is did Dairy Queen just get rid of that? They might
0: have just call it something else now.
1: But the, but they don't even have it. I, it was like a, a strawberry Cheesequake blizzard.
0: I used to like the uh, the cones with the dippy dippy. Uh, oh, the butterscotch dippy, dippy. ones. Oh,
1: yeah, never had those. I,
0: I always liked the butterscotch. Because everybody always went chocolate or strawberry. I liked butterscotch. Don't they have an
1: orange one, too? They might have that... an
0: orange cream one now. Like, they might have changed it. But again, this is when I A was... A
1: long time ago. Yeah,
0: I think I was like six. A long, so it was
1: three plus decades ago. long, 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 long <gasps> time ago. Yeah.
0: So today, uh, we are uh,
1: going on an adventure. We are
0: going on an adventure. We are going from the Shire to uh, Dolgadun. I think that's uh, to... uh,
1: Tatooine.
0: No, Tatooine is a different place. (laughs) To uh, the Lonely Mountain. We are going to go visit now. No, it's the Lonely Island. No, Lonely Mountain. There was no island. You're thinking of Lake Town. They're
1: on a boat, and they're going fast, and... They have a nautical-themed Pashmina Afghan.
0: Yes, so we are uh, today... They have
1: their swim trunks and their flippy floppies. We are
0: discussing uh, uh, some characters from a film that ashes... Uh, or a trilogy of films, so, so Not say. Not
1: characters, one character in particular. Well, you know, we're also... Kind we're of gonna... tying into the adventure that we went on 10 years ago in April of this year.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to be discussing... The Hobbit Trilogy and Hobbits. Dildo Saggins. Um,
1: Filthy hobbiters.
0: Because Ash has some <laughs> very specific <laughs> thoughts and feelings. Dildo
1: rhymes with dildo. Well, I already <laughs> called
0: him Dildo Saggins and you didn't even just like <laughs> notice it. So.
1: Do you think that's the porn parody name?
0: Probably. It's dildo dildo Fraggins? I don't know. But... Uh, we we decided, because we were watching this, and there were certain characters that you enjoyed more than others. Yes. And so if we decided... But that,
1: was, but that was on par with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Well, I'm
0: getting to a specific getting-into-character thing. There were certain groups of characters that you preferred over other characters. This is true. So our getting-into-character question is, if you could uh, insert yourself into the Lord of the Rings mythology, what race would you want to belong to and uh, where would you want to live? Because each each place, each place uh, race has multiple locations where they live across the different maps. So say you wanted to be... You're like, oh, I just want to be a regular old human. Well, do you want to be from Gondor? Do you want to be from Rohan? Do you want to be from Osgiliath? Like, where do you want to live? Like, where do you want to... Do you want to be one of the humans... From the east that came in and served uh, Mordor, like where do you where do you want to fall in this range? So, I'll start with you.
1: I want to be an elf.
0: She wants to be an elf. Want to be an elf? She wants to be a dentist.
1: I don't want to make toys.
0: There are three places where See, the elves live. Here lived.
1: you're an elf, an elf makes toys. Yeah,
0: that's why Legolas made toys throughout the entire trilogy. Uh, there are three places where the elves lived. That they lived in uh, Rivendell, which you continually Riverdale. refer to as Riverdale. They lived in Lothlorien, and they lived in the Woodland Realm. Legolas is from the Woodland Realm uh, with Toriel, and you really liked her. Um, I, I forget did. I, I, what is Dad's name? It would have loved to
1: have seen more of Evangeline yeah. Lily in this series.
0: Yeah, she was pretty badass. Like that—that
1: that character was pretty fantastic.
0: Um. In the uh, so Elrond, uh, Hugo Weaving's character, um, which is where they had the fellowship Hubbard, meeting, right? Yes, where they had the fellowship meeting in the first film, um, or the the Fellowship of the Ring, where they had like the little council there with all the elves the and pow-wow. dwarves and dudes, yes. and Boromir was like, "One does not simply walk into Mordor. Uh, one does not simply walk into Winterfell." then um, Galadriel was, like, the head of um, of Lothlorien. And what's interesting is Rivendell was this great, uh, you know, very fancy-looking place. And we, as we learned at the beginning of The Lord of the Rings, the elves got three rings of power, uh, nine to men and seven to dwarves. Now... I have been learning a lot about the mythology of Sauron and the Lord of the Rings and uh, the history of Middle-earth. And so it turns out that Sauron was a master craftsman, and he was incredibly powerful, and he was incredibly patient. So his plan to make all these different rings, he disguised himself. I don't remember the name because a lot of the names are so confusing, and like I would have a very hard time pronouncing them. So we're just going to call him Gary. So he disguised <laughs> himself as, as Gary, Meow. the uh, the Master of Gifts. That's what he called himself, the Master of Gifts, but I don't remember what his name is. So he trained, he offered all these elves like, hey, you want some free shiny gifts? And everyone's like, nah, dude, you're kind of sketchy. I don't know what it is about you, but you're kind of sketchy. Because he served like a, a a different master in the beginning, and like he was like the main bad guy, and then he lost... And so Sauron was like, I can do this way better. And so he set about making these different rings. However, he had to kind of, like, duck out to Mordor to kind of forge the one ring in the fires of Mount Doom so that he could control all the other rings. However, because he didn't forge the three rings that were given to elves, um... They didn't have any power. He had control over them because, like, he was the one who showed the guy how to do it. But as long as the elves didn't wear them while he had the One Ring, then he had no control over them. So as soon as he was gone again, they put the rings on. So they only wore them when he was gone, and like they had their own power. Like in the book, you can uh, Sam can't quite see it, but Frodo can see the ring on Galadriel's finger. So she had. Uh, so there was fire, air, and water. Gandalf was given the red ring of fire, but it was also the ring of encouragement because, like, anytime everybody's with Gandalf, like, no matter what what's going on, they're always like, oh, we can do it. This is great. Oh, we feel so encouraged and hopeful. And then, like, when he's gone, everybody's just, like, so, like uh, maudlin and desperate and sad, not just because they lost him, but because he was literally supplying them with hope. So he was gone, and obviously it allowed him to do fire magic, like making a fire in the middle of a blizzard. Uh, Elrond got the blue ring, which was air, and he was able to use it, you know, to, do things, uh it was more of a, a healing ability, like that was the secondary effect, because when they brought Frodo to Rivendell after he got stabbed by the Morgul Blade on Weathertop, uh, everybody was like, shit, I can't do anything about this, like I'm a good healer, but there's nothing I can do, Elrond's like, step aside suckers, and he was like, you know, Dr. House, like he knew exactly what was going on, and he was able to heal Galadriel got the water ring,
1: it was lupus,
0: yes it was. it's always lupus on House Uh, Galadriel got the water ring, and with that, she was able to uh, beautify and make more grand Lothlorien over all of the other uh, elven realms because of that power that she had. Uh, Because she was the most powerful one of that, that group. Plus, the ring gave her that secondary power. I'm probably explaining it terribly, and I'm sure there are some, you know, folks who know Tolkien way better than I do, because I'm, I'm not remotely a scholar. I'm just piecing this together, mostly from sugar packets. But based on that now, there's three places you can live— where would you want to live?
1: Lothlórien.
0: Lothlórien. Yes. And I would say that's because you like Galadriel a lot.
1: Well, I mean, she's definitely a character that is up there for me mm-hmm. as as far as this whole 6 film cuz she's in a couple of the Hobbit.
0: The films. she's in the Fellowship and
1: And then she's in obviously The Lord of the Rings.
0: Well, the Fellowship is the first one. Lord of the Rings is the whole series. So it's Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying, though, is that she's a part of both trilogies.
0: Right, so it's the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. The Hobbit as one trilogy is stupid because it's one book that shouldn't oh, be a we'll trilogy. Oh, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah. I have feelings.
0: But she's in She's in all three of those movies for us, uh, as in... Various spots, but yeah, I because do she's in the book.
1: Think that she, I mean, she's fantastic. Obviously, she's powerful, and they they do a really good job of portraying that on film. Mm-hmm. I think in the way that a she's able to control herself with the whole ring situation.
0: Yeah, she uh, she refuses. She's able to refuse the lure of the ring,
1: uh, but also what she's able to do in the Hobbit trilogy.
0: When she faces down with uh Sauron when they're battling the uh the necromancer and his undead yeah, like wraiths. nobody
1: else could do that. They needed her. Like Gandalf she, called to her.
0: Yeah. To she's help not him. gonna fight physically the way Sauron and Elrond no, will. No,
1: but she had like like she's so powerful that she was able to it banish makes him. up yeah it, it it makes up for the the, the, the physical might like that she she's didn't lacking, need to. right? But I mean, she I'm sure had, she could. Well, she
0: had no. She had no power against the uh, the the wraiths that they were fighting.
1: But but the fact that she was able to, you know, Sauron is so powerful.
0: He's not a hundred percent in that specific movie because he's still regaining his strength because he's lost his physical form after Isildur uh, cut the ring from his hand.
1: But long story short, uh Loch is, is is it's definitely the more uh gothic looking mm-hmm. setting of of the three elvish realms. Yes. That you can the homesteads. live in yeah, different homes that's a good word, homestead. <laughs> elvish homestead. Uh, if you lived here, it, you would be home by now. Well, and not only that, you know, thinking of the different elements and stuff that each place represents i'm I'm a water nympho mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. no
1: i'm definitely i'm i'm a i'm a sea witch so yes. i'm I'm drawn to the water, so yeah. you know having being able to inhabit a place that's so close to the water would be very appealing to me
0: yeah, and even when you look at the the mirror that she showed frodo uh it was basically still water mm-hmm so I mean, she had that that ability.
1: And I would really only want to be an elf because of the hair. I want a lace front like that. I mean, whoever the the, the wig department, like kudos, fantastic job. They did a, laying down those fronts. A wigged like, good job. A wigged good job. Yeah, there was no uh, no loose edges here.
0: No, they did a, a hell of a good job. Um, I mean, with I'm sure with like. Gandalf and and Galadriel like they probably just you know just grew their hair out
1: you know it's uh, the elves are really intriguing to me because some of them do have this witch like mystical power so it kind of satisfies the you know like I would want to be a wizard but you know they're like prettier wizards yeah
0: yeah because I mean you look at Saruman with his long like curved yellow fingernails
1: you know, or Radagast.
0: With his bird shit head.
1: But I fucking loved him. Yeah,
0: we'll get into Radagast. We'll get into
1: him because I, I adored him so much. Uh, but yeah, I would... It's, and it, there's just something really both aesthetically pleasing about the elvish creatures, but they're also really badass.
2: hmm they're, like, they're great they're warriors.
1: They're great fighters. Like, and, and everyone, for the most part, is trained. hmm You know... Well, they're like, hundreds at, of years old. You know, Toriel and... Uh, Lego Man. No, but who was... Um, oh, Liv Tyler's character. Oh, Ar- Arwen. 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 Like, super badass. You she know? wasn't
0: a fighter. She was more like... She used magic more because What's-His-Face didn't want her going off and fighting. Elrond didn't want her going off but and fighting.
1: But still, she was, I mean...
0: She had some skill, but like it wasn't like
1: I'm sorry, the whole if you want him, come and claim him. Then. And then
0: they started to come to get him. But
1: yeah. that was, and she saved him.
0: That was uh not all her, that was also uh uh Galadriel, I believe. Yeah, making, teamwork. Yeah. Uh control of the water.
1: Lady elves working together to make shit happen.
0: No, and they were they were definitely uh Plus, powerful. the fact
1: that that you can like they're not immortal.
0: Oh yeah, they can get killed. They'll live for hundreds and hundreds and but hundreds of years until lifespan, they diminish into the west.
1: Yeah, like their lifespan is intense.
0: Well, and it's funny because you it, know, the, which
1: means you know when you hear them speak, like they're very well spoken. They're very well educated. They've had the time to be able to.
0: They've. They're. They. Learn history. It's like, you know, a, a lot of these, you know, fantasy characters where because they're so old, they're able to not only live through history, but learn about the stuff that happened before them because they have plenty of time to dedicate to you multiple know, areas of they're study. Like,
1: right. They're a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's just so well, that's, appealing to me. That's
0: how the history gets passed down. Like, right. You know, because of these people who have lived through it. And, you know, we saw what happened with. Uh, You know, in the Lord of the Rings, you know, we have Elrond saying, you know, um, to Gandalf in Fellowship, you know, I was there when the strength of men failed, you know, and he knew that Boromir was kind of gonna, you know, fail, you know, he could sense it, and, and you know, for me, I don't know, like, being an elf would be nice, um... You know, because I would have long hair instead you of none. You also want the lace front wig. I would have long hair instead of none.
1: Um, a little pointy ears.
0: Yeah, a little pointy ears. You know, little little bells on You'd my be shoes. You'd be rather spry. I would. I'd be able to jump and run. Like, I would be probably half the size I am now.
1: You'd be taller.
0: Yeah. I would... Uh, about, yeah. Elves are around six feet, so I'd be a little taller. not Not too much. Um... But I don't know, like I would I would probably wanna hang out with uh with Elrond's area.
1: You wanna uh, go to Riverdale?
0: Yeah. Uh with Elrond and Jughead and Hermy. Um only because it's uh I just like the way it looks, you know, like you like the aesthetic of La Florian.
1: I mean it's a gorgeous setting, the whole mountain picturesque mm-hmm. with the waterfalls and the greenery and everything like yeah. it is really pretty.
0: I mean, they're all very nice areas. Um I don't know. I Lothlorian was a not Lathlorian. The woodland realm was definitely uh very susceptible to orc attacks as we saw. Uh but Those you can escape in a barrel. works, man. Um fucking magnets. How do they orc? Um
1: That was a stretch, but good try. I
0: I don't know. I might want to be a wizard, but the wizards are like, they're they're. You're a wizard, Harry. Normal. They're not like regular people. They're like these almost divine beings. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough. The uh, Tolkien was a little racist when he came up with some of his. his people certain races in the books represented certain races that he had certain feelings about um or at least that's you know the story that I've heard again I haven't delved too deeply into it but you know it would kind of stand to reason like this is a guy who went to war fought in World War 1 um I don't know he did believe that evil would prevail all the time. He wrote. He started writing a sequel to the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and he got 13 pages into it, and he realized, I can't write any more of this because it's not going to be the same high fantasy. It's going to turn into, like, a thriller. And I don't know if I want to write that because it's not going to carry the spirit of the story that I had. and It would be all new characters. It would be uh, Aragorn and Arwen's son. But... And it would be his death, so it would be like four hundred years after the Lord of the Rings happened. Because uh, I think Aragorn ruled for another hundred and twenty-two years, oh, wow. something ridiculous like that, and his son was like a hundred and eighty-two or something. So it's it's weird. Like people in the in these books have incredibly long. Anybody who who bore the ring at any point, like Sam. Outlived his grandkids.
1: Well, and we'll talk about that a little bit because it obviously had an effect on Bilbo as well.
0: Oh yeah, Bilbo and how was... long
1: he lived and his, you know, features and whatnot.
0: Yeah, he was a hundred and eleven.
1: Well, I mean he was a hundred and eleven at the beginning of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. Because we start with his birthday.
0: And he aged very rapidly afterwards. Yes. But, yeah, I don't, I'd don't. i probably be an elf. I mean, that's, you know, those are the ideal. I'd either be an elf or a, an Astari. I think that's what they're called. That's what Gandalf is. Why is this of the Astari? Mithrandir is what they call him. Keeper of the Red Ring of Fire, Narya. So, I don't know. That's probably what I'd go with. Um, so the dwarves are a bunch of jerks, but they are good fighters.
1: I mean, each different race of character has their own pros and cons.
0: I mean, I could ride a pig or or a moose, like you know, know, hobbits are just
1: blissfully happy for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't. And who wouldn't want to
1: live in a hobbit house?
0: Uh, I would want to live in a hobbit house now because it's definitely bigger than the place where we live. we are still underground. This <laughs> so, is true. But we don't have a, a whimsical round door.
1: No, no, there there is no whimsy in no our apartment.
0: either. But, uh, I don't know, let us know what you think, like what you would be, uh, where you would want to fit into the world of uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, let us know at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we'll be right back with our uh, discussion about... Elbow. huh
3: i really want to caffeinate myself and others and support small businesses but without having to put pants on huh. i wish there was a way to do that i know i'll ask reflexa reflexa what can i do to caffeinate myself along with others and support small businesses without putting on pants Here is a targeted
0: ad based on my constant surveillance of your thoughts and actions.
3: Wait, what?
0: Are you looking for a way to caffeinate yourself and others and support small business without having to put on pants? Well, then head on over to DeadlyGroundsCoffee.com. Deadly Grounds Coffee has smooth, rich flavors to satisfy the cravings of everyone on your list. From traditional flavors like pumpkin spice and French roast to more daring flavors like Hell's Fury, Highland Zombie Grog, Day of the Dead Roast and Witch's Brew. And now for a very limited time, you can try Butch Patrick's Dragula Dark Roast. Butch Patrick is known around the world for his role as TV's Eddie Munster, and when we deadly grounded him at a horror convention, he became such a big fan of our coffee that he hand-selected one of the roasts to make his very own. With most of the conventions on hold, Butch made available a limited supply of his Dracula Dark Roast, named after one of the coolest cars in television history. Personally autographed for our Deadly Grounds coffee fans, it's a delicious roast, silky smooth with a sweet finish. Perfect for any time of day and great for the coffee and butch fans on your holiday shopping list. This is only available while our limited supply lasts, so hurry and get yours today. This holiday season, it's time to get a little deadly. Go on. You deserve it. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars, as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. are back. So, today we're going to be discussing uh, the main character of Lord of the... uh, I'm sorry, the Hobbit, the titular Hobbit, Bilbo Baggins. Now, it's funny, the reason he was chosen, and you don't get to really find this out too much, but the reason he was chosen is directly because of his lineage. And, you know, as I was talking with that ring that Gandalf had earlier, it does grant him a bit of foresight. Uh he knew enough that Bilbo was the one for this particular journey. We get to see this scene uh it doesn't play out exactly as it plays out in the book. But, you know, he's talking to uh to Thorin in the 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 inn there and he tells him like you know, basically I have a guy who's going to be your 14th and he's going to be your burglar. If you take him with you, you will succeed. If you don't take him with you, you'll fail. And I'm not even going to help you until the shadow falls. So, because Thorin was, you know, obviously we get to see how he reacted towards Bilbo this whole time. He was kind of like... You're not a warrior, you're not a fighter, you're just, like, this fancy, doily, oh, I don't have my handkerchief, we have to stop and go back to the Shire, you know? Like, no, like, you need to, you know, you you need to toughen up a little bit. Um, but Bilbo is the type of guy who liked to run around in the woods, you know, as a kid. He'd run around, he'd just go off on adventures, come back all covered with sticks and mud and dirt and stuff. Because that's what he liked to do. So when you got to see Bilbo, Ashes von Nightmare, played by Martin, not Morgan Freeman,
1: not not Martin Short either, <laughs> not Martin Short kept calling him that. A uh, different guy.
0: And um, Gandalf
1: is not Dumbledore.
0: No, he is not. Dumbledore. <laughs> um.
1: Gandor.
0: Ganondorf. That's a different guy. That's from. Uh, that's from. Uh, Legend of Zelda when you first got to see him what was your impression because you would you had been introduced to him in the Fellowship of the Ring and you got to see the end of his life Mm -hmm. you know after all his adventures you hadn't seen the Hobbit you hadn't read the Hobbit Um, how did he compare you know when you first get to see how he interacts with Gandalf and and the dwarves compared to who he was at his 111th birthday
1: so, he's still the same person, for the most part. Um, So, kind of to backtrack a little bit, this was a first time viewing for me, and we watched all three Hobbit films,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the extended versions, same thing we did with the, the Lord of the The extended version for
0: the first one, the other two were not extended.
1: it felt extended
0: well they're three hours
1: long it (laughs) felt extended Um, anyways I really liked how the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is Bilbo sitting down to write this story
0: there and back again a hobbit's tale
1: and when we are first introduced to Bilbo in the Hobbit trilogy, it's kind of picking up at the same spot. Almost like picking up where it left off. You know, him writing the book. Old, old Bilbo.
0: Ian Holm. Ian Bilbo. Holm
1: reprising his role as the elder Bilbo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, writing this book. And we get to see a little bit of Elijah What is Frodo, which mm-hmm. was nice, you know, and some interaction between them. So it kind of, you know, immediately you're, you're familiar with these people. You're like, okay, I know who these characters are. I'm familiar with the, the location. They're in the Hobbit house. They're in the Shire. Like you, you, you just, it's almost like meeting up with old friends again yeah. after a while. And it's Bilbo writing the book. And what happens is a trend. What's the word I'm looking for? Not like kind of like transfer, like transition. Transition. That's a word. That's a good word. There's a transition between Ian Holm is Bilbo writing the book, and then Martin Freeman, Freeman, not short, being Bilbo Baggins and acting out pretty much the, the story.
0: Yes, like the story that we kind of got a little bit alluded and, to in the uh, first right, trilogy. Right, because we're
1: you know, in, the, in the first trilogy, which is crazy. The first trilogy which is... Which is the second trilogy. The second trilogy, which is the only trilogy because The Hobbit is one goddamn book.
0: And it took me six months to read that fucking book.
1: I will not read it. I can't read fantasy it, it just I, I can't do it. It bores me
0: as an aside. Um, I have to say, attempting to get through that book and dealing with fucking Tom Bombadil, who is one of the most powerful characters that you will ever encounter in fantasy, like he speaks in like this seven seven beat meter rhyme scheme.
1: Seven-layer nacho dip?
0: No, that would have been way better. And, like, he'll be, like, in the middle of a sentence, and he'll just, like, get up and start dancing around and prancing and just, like, I'm singing in the middle of my story. It's, like, w- w- he was so fucking annoying, he drove they me nuts. They didn't
2: include him. No,
0: and the reason they didn't include him was is...
1: because p- he's so fucking annoying?
0: No, because he's too powerful. He can see Frodo when Frodo puts the ring on. He does not disappear when he puts the ring on. The ring has zero power over him, to the point where um, Gandalf act, uh, Elrond suggests, "Why don't we give the, him this ring, like, and have him keep it safe?" And right, Gandalf he
1: doesn't—he's—he's he's not aware of the power. Right, Gandalf—he doesn't like, realize no, he does, how he precious it is. He won't understand well, precious, <laughs> yeah. precious. He won't
0: understand. What it really is, and he'd like trade it for some fucking magic beans or something. Like that's something that Tom Bombadil would yeah, do. yeah,
1: he doesn't realize the power, and it doesn't mean anything. Because it to doesn't him. affect
0: him, he doesn't understand the gravity of it.
1: It's like a a, a rubber band wrapped around his finger. Like it, he doesn't realize that. You no, know, this is it supposed has... to remind me
0: of something, but I don't remember what it's supposed to remind me of. Yeah, so they cut him from the story My altogether. My real
1: rings lost inside of a turtle.
0: My real rings inside a turtle. This is just a band aid wrapped in tinfoil. My real rings inside a turtle. Uh,
1: but anyways, I so I liked that, and I liked the introduction to Martin Freeman's Bilbo Baggins and how you know he's just kind of you know enjoying his Hobbit life, mm-hmm. being a Hobbit, living in a Hobbit house.
0: Like even the first Reading interaction books, he has with doing Hobbit stuff. Gandalf, like he's trying to be nice. It's like, good morning. He goes, what do you mean, good morning? Do you mean that this is a good morning? This is a morning in which to be good, or are you saying that this morning it, it's just like? And he's like, um, I like Gandalf's kind of like. Confrontational the first time he's like, Yeah, good you know, morning. What the hell is that supposed to mean?
1: Why are you talking to me? How dare uh, you? He's very much, uh, I feel like a stereotypical hobbit.
0: Yes, he's very he pleasant. Almost...
1: Hobbits tend to be very pleasant and up, you know, just cheerful, cheerful beings. They're very jolly. Yes.
0: Well, if I got to eat four or five times a day, I would be jolly too.
1: Breakfast. Second Second breakfast, breakfast, elevensies, elevensies.
0: noon tea, afternoon tea.
1: Our cats are hobbits.
0: Lunch. They have little furry feet. They don't throw rocks, though.
1: No, but they throw up.
0: They do, after they eat elevensies. So, we get to see his first interaction and, and Gandalf does kind of like oh yeah I don't, you know don't you remember me like you know this is your mom and this is your dad like you were he was a um a descendant of both the Tooks which is uh uh Peregrin Pippin Pippin is a Took uh so they're they're related that way um and a uh, Baggins and like the combination of like that It's kind of like the Song of Ice and Fire. It's like, this combination of bloodline leads to great adventurers, because, like, you know, you have the practicality of the Baggins with the adventurous nature of the Tooks. And as a result, it made Bilbo who he was, like this naturally inquisitive nature but like, oh, I like I like my my feather bed and my doilies and my chair and my comfy fire.
1: He likes his comforts, but there's also but I'm a curious. little bit exactly, and that's what Gandalf took to the fact that he has this curiosity that is unbecoming of other hobbits. Yes,
0: like he couldn't have gone over to any of the other hobbits, like the Sackville Bagginses, like he couldn't have gone to them. Because they would have just shut the door in his face.
1: What's Baggins' precious? What's Tater's precious? (laughs) Tater's.
0: Um, Yeah, so... Bilbo is very reluctant. He's not even sure how to respond. He's trying not to be rude, and he's like, well, uh, the mail's here. I'm going to go in and do do some Hobbit stuff. Uh, Have a great day. Good morning, bye. And then... uh, Gandalf scratches a rune onto his fucking door. Very rude. Uh a rude rune. And
1: Then that night Bilbo Baggins is visited by three ghosts. No, yeah. just kidding, it's all fucking horde of dwarves.
0: Twelve? Yeah, because there's no, 14. It's seven. No, there's twelve.
1: Doc and sleepy and happy and, and bashful. Keely
0: and Phily Owen and glowing bomber boffer biffer. Uh, I forget the rest of
1: Tolkien is not allowed to name anything else.
0: Every just saying, and that's part of the shit that drives me nuts about trying to read this stuff. Like everybody introduces themselves, like I am Gimli, son of Glowin. I am Aragorn, son of Arathorn. It's like I don't know who you are. I'm not gonna know who your fucking dad was,
1: son of a bitch. You know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So all these guys just show up and they just start eating all his food and raiding his pantry. And like scraping their muddy boots everywhere, and you know,
1: uh, over his pristine little hobbit house, his and, antiques. So, you know, these hobbit houses are, are really interesting. They're cute. Like, I can't think of any other word to describe them other than they're so quaint. freaking adorable. Like, I want to vacation in one.
0: Quaint, they're quaint. Well, you have to go to New Zealand.
1: Let's go, but uh, well, not now, not now. No, we have. But eventually, eventually, maybe we'll just have to drive there. Um, but Roll up the windows. <laughs> anyways. They're really cute, and he keeps his house neat. He's a very neat Hobbit. He has all of these antiques, you know,
0: family heirlooms. Yeah, furniture. that was my mother's chest. That was my grandmother's right, you know, chair.
1: Furniture made by family members. Don't even sit down, on it, you know. And in come these unruly dwarves, making themselves at home. You know, they
0: don't even bring any cookies
1: eating and using his dishware and, you know, just, just making a mess Singing all over the place. Singing songs. Singing songs. That's
0: what Bilbo Baggins hates. It's like, what a jerk bag. Like, why is everybody a jerk? And
1: Gandalf is there.
0: Gandalf shows up at the end looking for all the rest of the, like, he's counting off all the dwarves. And again, there's, I believe there's 12 dwarves. Seven. 12 dwarves and Gandalf and Snow White and and uh, one hobbit because there's a party of 14 or there might have been 13 dwarves I don't remember I don't know if they counted there's Gandalf in the fourteen. there's a lot of them
1: there's a lot so and they eat a lot and they sing a lot
0: yes they, they make a huge mess they make such a mess,
1: but they also clean up after themselves, they which did. is very much appreciated they even all... though I think Bilbo had a freaking conniption watching them like throw the plates around as they were cleaning them,
0: that also showed like their prowess as skilled warriors as well because well, of how you know,
1: and I was gonna say like that kind of added you know. Explanation without a lot of exposition.
0: It was almost like a Cirque du Soleil routine, kind like of. based on how uh, how fancy they were throwing stuff around.
4: Oh, you're so fancy! But it was
0: so it was unrehearsed. It was you know, all improv. Um, so I mean, it was nice of them to put all the dishes back, but they ate all of his food. He had no food left. None. No, he did take a biscuit and put it in his pocket, but they ate everything else. All of his tomatoes, nice crispy bacon, sausages, tomatoes. Um, yeah, it it was unfortunate because they didn't replace that, but they did stack the dishes on the table, not where they got them from.
1: No, this is true, but I mean, at least they did kind of clean up after themselves. Oh, here
3: you go, Bilbo, we left you a chore, and you don't have any fucking food. <laughs> Bye.
0: Yeah, they were kind of jerks to him. Um, But. but, And
1: I don't remember if uh, when this was said. So Bilbo obviously decides to join them on this adventure. I'm going on an adventure. Mm -hmm. And Gandalf says something to him. That I thought was so profound. And I.
0: Now don't fuck it up.
1: (laughs) Okay, RuPaul. Oh, that's what I want to see.
0: What, RuPaul?
1: RuPaul's Drag Race Shire Edition. Legolas, shantay, you stay. Gimli, sachet away. Uh, No, he says something that's so profound to Bilbo. uh, And I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember the exact quote. But, you know, Bilbo is saying something like, you know, will I be the same person when I come back?
4: And and
1: Gandalf says, you know, if you come back... Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, but Gandalf pretty much says you won't be the same. Either you won't come back, or you'll when be, you come back, you'll be changed.
0: You'll be profoundly changed, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I just thought that was so interesting. Like, some definitely uh, some interesting foresight into what was going to happen. But knowing what we already know.
0: But he was also being... Um, he was being very upfront with Bilbo. He wasn't like, Oh yeah, it's totally fine. You're gonna fight well, no, a dragon. But I mean like but- and
1: I think that's one of the reasons why Bilbo was like, okay, you know, like I'm I'm in this because, you know, Gandalf wasn't sugarcoating it for anybody.
0: Well the the dwarves didn't either because they were like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be like walking into a furnace with wings and like you know, he'll eat you and this and that and
1: but the way that Gandalf phrased it, again, it was a, a lot more eloquent than what I'm I'm saying here. But you know, it, it, I think his honesty, and I think Bilbo, you know, that that it, it appealed to the curious side of him, kind of like, what have I got to lose? You uh, know, like I, I kind of have an okay life at the Shire.
0: Well, and another reason why he was chosen no familial attachments he didn't have a wife he didn't have any kids he didn't have any pets he, he had, had a garden he,
1: right like uh Frodo wasn't a thing that had Frodo wasn't
0: born yet because
1: Frodo isn't Bilbo's son
0: no it's his nephew
1: he, well c- cousin but younger cousin. so they kind of have like that uncle
0: yeah like they, nephew they,
1: but he you know Frodo's parents passed mm-hmm. and Bilbo adopted him yes so, you know, but, but there was, he, he had nobody, he had nobody. So it's like, what, what am I going to do? Like I could sit here and stay in my little hobbit house with nobody,
0: the hobbit hole or I it.
1: can go on an adventure that appeals to this curious side that I have and potentially have this great story to write.
0: See a dragon, see, uh, you know, a whole he was,
1: shitload of gold. Well,
0: he didn't know it was going to be that much. It was one 14th. Was gonna be his share of the treasure and one four like if he took forty trips, there's no way he would bring one fourteenth of that back.
1: I will say all that gold made him look like he was about to drop his new single for Shire for Shizzle.
2: Oh,
1: I'm be baggins.
0: I'm begging the game.
1: Begging the game for Shia for Shizzle.
0: That's terrible. Don't my ever say that. Don't ever say that again. That's just the worst.
1: On SoundCloud.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, here's my CD. It's my mixtape. Um, begging the saddle again. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see his dynamic
1: but what's crazy though is and, and it's so here's where we kind of get some similarities to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and a lot of differences between the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There's a lot of walking.
0: Yes. It and, eagles two times. Yeah. Instead of just once.
1: Um, and the kind of you know Bilbo is the narrator. He's the storyteller of this one, mm-hmm. and he's kind of the sort of he's he's one of the storytellers of of the other trilogy. It's not more Frodo. really,
0: not really. Bilbo doesn't tell the story of the other trilogy because he's not involved.
1: But he well, he does see the the beginning and the end. But it's it's more Frodo's voice, but in in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, well Frodo you does write that, the story at the end. You think that it's going to be Bilbo and Frodo as your main characters, but that's not it. I mean they're the ones telling the story, but they're not the main characters. There really is no main character. Oh Sam. Well, in the in the it's Lord Sam. of the Rings trilogy, absolutely. It's, well, Sam's definitely the hero.
0: Yes. We discussed that several months
1: um, ago. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't really feel that in this trilogy.
0: What, that Sam was the I, hero?
1: I, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> Sam wasn't there. Duh. Uh But also, like, I, I didn't feel that there was really a pull on any one character.
0: I mean, there was there was Frodo doing. Frodo. Bilbo doing I mean, his thing. I mean, it was
1: Oakenshield.
0: Thorin Oakenshield was like he was almost the antagonist because he was the one driving the story and everything that Bilbo did was in direct reaction to something that Thorin would do. You know, it's and it's funny, you know, seeing how Bilbo took a lot of convincing at the beginning of of the Hobbit trilogy to go on his adventure as opposed to you know he raises Frodo and when Gandalf's like yeah you got to bring this ring to Rivendell and Frodo's like okay i'm on my way <laughs> like he's like okay i have a sense of duty i understand time to go bye
1: yeah there there wasn't that sense of hesitation that bilbo had right because at that well i mean but at that point bilbo had a friendship with gandalf Obviously, after everything that they had done.
0: Well, he came around with the fireworks, and which...
1: Bilbo had his adventure, which obviously changed him in good ways and in bad ways.
0: Yeah, he was fundamentally a different hobbit than he was when uh, when he left the Shire. He was not and the same Bilbo. And
1: through Gandalf's persuasion... Bilbo realized that Frodo needed to go on this journey to destroy the ring.
0: Right, and well, he he didn't know that Frodo was going to destroy the ring.
1: But to to get rid of the ring,
0: he knew he had to get rid of it, and it was just going to cause him issues. Like, um, this,
1: but I mean, we're, but we're not even there yet in the story of the Hobbit.
0: Right, that we haven't even gotten and to. And that, that
1: was one of my issues with the story of the Hobbit. What? How little the ring had to do with it.
0: Because it didn't have oh, any Oh, I, f-
1: I found a ring.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't play a part in it. Like even in the books like it's not that big of a deal. You don't know why what that ring is and what the what the whole purpose of it is.
1: I mean, so th- I don't know. Like that bugged me. That bugged me a lot because it was such a big component of the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
0: Well, and that's that's the thing. Like this was about getting the mountain uh, back from Smaug and, and retaking the mountain and giving the dwarves back their home. Like the rings, Sauron, all this stuff. Like Legolas isn't in it. They threw Legolas in as as you know. Uh, as, uh, hey,
1: I know that guy.
0: Yeah, fan service. Like, the Riddle Contest, that happens. And, like, that has to do with, you know, Gandalf's... Uh, and, but
1: that's reflected in the other trilogy as well. The Riddle Contest. No, it
0: isn't. That doesn't happen in the other trilogy.
1: This so you Uh-oh. All
0: you see is Smeagol killing Deagle over the ring.
1: But... Isn't there some mention of a riddle contest? No. Okay, so this is what happens when you explain things to me when I watch something. Everything starts to meld together, and I'm like, hey, this is a thing that happened. And it's like, no, it's not a thing that happened. That, are you planting things in my head as I sleep?
0: Am I? I don't know. You would know.
1: Patrick is great.
0: <laughs> See, that's not that's not what I would plant in your head. So
1: yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um
0: back to the Shire.
1: So they're going on this journey and I feel like he's not in the beginning of the journey he's still not sure of of uh, himself, of everything. But I, it's that, that curiousness that he has that kind of keeps him pulling forward. And the fact that he's starting to form friendships with some of these dwarves and with Gandalf.
0: Yeah, like they had to the bet on whether or not he was going to show up.
1: Right. So he's starting to feel like a kinship with some of these people. And, you know, almost like a a, a sense of responsibility.
0: Right, because he is... He's not going to fight the way they do, but he has other, like, the And that's
1: another thing, trolls. too. Like, he enters this with no fighting ability at all. And then they come across the elvish Schwartz. Schwartz? Schwartz elvish. Elvish swords. swords! Wow, swords! That was uh, sw- swords.
0: sword, That's sword.
1: Swords.
0: I see swords. your swords is just as big <laughs> as mine.
1: El- I can't say those two words together. Elvish swords.
0: Elvish blades.
1: Elvish blades. I can say that because Elvish
0: what does blades. what does what does what's his name say to him? Not Dwalin, Balin, the I don't crossing
2: know. Crossing The old
0: man. The old man dwarf says, he's like, oh, do you think this sword has a name? He's like, well, swords are usually named for the great deeds that they've performed. Like, uh, what's his name? Gandalf has Glamdring, the Foe Hammer, And uh, what's his face has something else? The Goblin Cleaver. Thorin has the Goblin Cleaver. And... Ballin or Dwallin, whatever the fuck, all the rhyming. Ballin'. Uh he he said <laughs> uh he goes, I don't even think that's a sword, it's more of a letter opener. Because it's perfect for a hobbit who's about who's
1: smaller. Three feet right. Tall. He's he's significantly smaller. You know what we need to
0: watch? The Rankin and Bass uh Lord of the Rings to give you a little more because
1: um, But he but he takes hold of this elvish blade
0: and it's good for him uh he's like well i don't want a sword and Gandalf's like no take this because not only will you need to defend yourself like it doesn't need to be sharpened it's like super like it's been sitting in a cave for fucking who knows how and long still
1: pristine and they haven't perfect. rusted they're sharp shiny look brand new
0: it's because of the elvish craft craftsmanship um he he tells them, he's like, it will glow blue when orcs or goblins are. And that is a retcon because it's only supposed to glow blue if orcs are around. But it glowed blue when the goblins were around when Frodo has it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, like, people were like, oh, those are goblins, not orcs. Why is it glowing blue? Like, it. And so it got retconned when he's like, yeah, it glows blue when goblins or orcs are around.
1: Peter Jackson was like, fuck the fans. He was like, you know what?
0: One line of dialogue fixes everything. And so people- Quit your
1: goddamn complaining.
0: Because there's so much to go into- like if you're a super fan, like Stephen Colbert, which why he, which is why he, his wife and his kids were all in <sighs> the second movie at, as Stephen Lake Town Colbert. spies. Yes, and the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who is still the the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and her name escapes me, uh, came on to the late night with Stephen Colbert show, and. Offered him citizenship to Hobbiton. All he has to do is go back to New Zealand really? and have a ceremony.
1: He, As far as I know, he hasn't gone back, at least not this year. Uh, I, I'm sure that's probably on his list of things to do. I know he's a huge Tolkien fan. But she fan. had
0: like a fucking scroll with like all these, you know. Like, that's cool. Like the 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 mayor of Munchkin City, she like unfurls this fucking scroll, and she's like, "Yep, this is you know," and it's on like this ancient parchment paper in like this amazing calligraphy, and he was like almost moved to tears because he is such mm-hmm. a fan. Um, which I I would be like that. if
1: RuPaul came to me and was like, "Sweetie, you are so fabulous."
0: It'd be if I, I got put you, in a Star Wars movie,
1: right? If RuPaul was like, "I need you to be a judge." No, on you know what it race. is
0: the I, the exact the exact uh, analogy Dominic Pace being in in Star Wars because he posted a picture today of him getting a snowspeeder in 1980 of like how big of a fan he was like, and him getting to be in as a part of the star Wars history. So that's what that is. So it's the exact analogy. It's perfect.
1: But anyways,
0: yeah. Hobbits.
1: Hobbits is hobbits is, Uh, but yeah, we, we see Bilbo, you know, when he initially gets this elvish blade, um, He doesn't know how to fight. He has no clue. He's never had to defend himself in his life. He has obviously, at that point, seen people have to have to defend themselves. Yes,
0: he's seen those guys fight a lot. He
1: hasn't been put in that line of peril yet.
0: No, but he gets the the first time he uses the sword.
1: It's awkward.
0: Well, I was going to say the first time he uses it is to. Ward off Gollum in the caves oh, underneath yes, the that. goblin the goblin uh the I forget what the fuck they call it in the goblin caves and everything. Um and he's terribly awkward. Although later on we see him use it quite well, like No, it's right before that because he has the fucking duel with the goblin yes and the goblin tackles him and they go flying down the hill and he lands okay and the goblin like lands and he's all kinds of fucked up and then Gollum's like i'm gonna eat you and like bashes his head repeatedly with a rock while singing a song about i he's gonna fucking eat him like that's some creepy shit that's dark right there
1: so before we delve into that yeah just kind of going back to bilbo's fighting stance like he becomes a fighter and that's something that he wasn't before he entered this adventure no not at all and it was something that he picked up through I think you know kind of like nature versus nurture in the sense that uh, uh, like fight or flight
2: (laughs) He sometimes your
1: instincts kick in and it's like well I have this blade I'm going to use it but he was also really observant of those around him yeah, he watched... And you see him get better with it. And he names it Sting.
0: When he fights the spiders, because the, he stabs the spider in the face, because he kills it while he's invisible. Yes. He has much more confidence when they can't see him. Um, Don't we all? He uh, he he names it Sting, because it's, he stabs the spider in the because he can understand the spider's language when he's wearing the ring as well, which is a side effect of... Uh, Sauron's magic and evil, because the spiders are definitely a uh, a force of evil. We see that when they attack Radagast's house before he wards them off. Um, but his it's not so much skill; it's more self-preservation, like you're saying. It's just mm-hmm. like this fight or flight. Like he's able to, you know, defend himself against this goblin. He doesn't do anything offensively, like he's able to duck and dodge and move, and even his best asset is because he's so small, he can, even amongst dwarfs and these stunted goblins, he's able to kind of crouch down and they just lose track of him Mm -hmm. because he just crouched down and that's something that Gandalf had brought up, like, you know, hobbits are very useful and one of the things they don't tell you but you get to see it repeatedly uh, in both this trilogy and uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is hobbits are very skilled at throwing rocks or
1: other projectiles. And that is something that Bilbo himself had been doing from a young age to the point where small animals would run and hide when he had a rock in his hands.
0: Yeah, because he's a dick. He can bullseye womp rats in his T-16. They're not much bigger than two meters.
1: Simply red, standing by.
0: But yeah, he... uh, He uses that skill. We see him when he's throwing the pine cones, uh, the flaming pine cones. And we also see his courage. And, you know, Gandalf mentions this. She's like, you know, when he's talking to Galadriel, she's like, why him? Why this hobbit? And he said, "I'm, you know, mostly because I think I'm afraid and he gives me courage. And we see him. He's the first. He's a
1: really good hype man.
0: Yeah, he is the first one... He
1: is the flavor-flave of that bunch. He is
0: the first one to go defend Thorin against uh, Azog. hmm Like, he's standing there knowing that he's gonna get fucking wrecked because he's not a fighter, and this dude has wiped out Thorin's entire lineage. He's like, whatever, I'm gonna come down here, I'm not gonna let you kill him. You know, I'm gonna do my best.
1: Yeah, boy so, But he's also witty. He has a lot of wit about him. And we see that he's got some in charm. Yeah. the riddle contest that he has with Gollum.
0: Although one of the questions is absolutely like...
1: Bonkers. Like y- completely out of left field.
0: He absolutely did not mean to ask that.
1: What but it was like- the question that okay. he won on.
0: And he did, It you know, allowed
1: for his escape.
0: Because what's-his-name did say, ask us a question, not ask us a riddle.
1: Right, ask us a question, so he did. And throughout uh, Gollum's squabble with getting the goblin... Goblin?
0: He was a goblin.
1: Goblin. Uh, the one that he bashed the head repeatedly. in... Repeatedly. Repeatedly to make his dinner... Uh, Throughout that little squabble of, of, of little Gollum bringing this big goblin into his lair and bringing him to the appropriate place, the ring just conveniently fell out of his pocket. Well, the
0: ring, as we learn in The Lord of the Rings, has a will of its own. It wanted it to wanted escape. To
1: be found.
0: It wanted to escape the cave where Gollum was, knowing that if it stayed with Gollum, there's no way because Gollum wasn't going to leave his cave. He was fine there. It had to move on, so it could want because it wants to be reunited with its master.
1: Right. It, it wants to be with Sauron. Like it has
0: its own sentience. Almost. It can't like move on its own. But it can influence things,
1: right, which is why it was able to use the motion of Golem
0: jumping up and down
1: jumping up and down, trying to get this goblin into this you know into his lair, and knowing that there's another being, yeah. And, you know, not only is the ring kind of sentient, but it, it can also kind of...
0: It can change sizes. Feel
1: the future.
0: It's not feeling the future. It's, I can't get out with Gollum. Yeah. I can't get out with Gollum. I'm going to be here forever. And if I want to reunite with Sauron,
1: I need my best chance is to... Right.
0: Because worst case, I'm still going to be here because Gollum's going to kill this guy and keep the ring. And I'll have to wait for another chance
1: and it's kind of, you know, interesting how that happens because bilbo gets the ring
0: he and i he think has he se- the ring. he senses it before he sees it like it's almost like sending out vibes to him
1: but he has the ring for like six decades before yeah. the frodo adventures uh so 50 50 years it's almost like the ring is waiting you know it, it it's out of the cave, it knows it's safe, and it's waiting for Sauron to gain strength well, what
0: did I say earlier about how patient Sauron was when he was forging the 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 rings for the different races? Mm-hmm. it took three hundred years,
1: dude, he's old,
0: well, they're all old, like. Fucking Elrond's, like, 3,000 years old. Like, Tom Bombadil is older than Middle-earth. Like, everybody's fucking ancient. You
1: know, time is irrelevant at this point. right?
0: So, he has this patience. He has this, you know, because he has to...
1: Wish I was that patient.
0: uh, I can't wait 300 years for anything. But he has this... uh, This uh, just stoicism about him, where it's like, you know, I'm a long-range planner,
2: you know, like, and he put it, it, most it, of himself into the ring.
1: Right, but like it makes sense, the turn of events, as far as the ring goes. Well,
0: the ring... Gandalf had some level of... You know, uh, prescience where he was able to. No,
1: it's 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 precious. Yeah,
0: where he was able to, you know, getting everybody into um, into place, like knowing that Bilbo would spare Gollum because you know Gollum would have a part to play later on, and even you know when Gollum was following the the Fellowship. Gandalf's like yeah he's following us he's been following us for days like but he has a part to play in this (laughs) like there's a reason why you know he has to be alive like you have to be able to see him he like he has a part to play in this whole thing like his role is vital also Frodo curses him but there's a whole different thing about that um that's why he dies, trying to protect the ring because Frodo cursed him. Because Frodo was like, he, he when he swore his oath on the ring,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Frodo as the ring bearer was like, this ring is going to hold you to your word. You you know, it's a little bit more uh, complex in the book where he's like, you know, you'll have to do anything if I tell you to throw yourself off a cliff, you have to do it. Because, you know, you serve the ring and I'm the master of the ring, so you have to serve me. And so that's and that's what ends up happening. Um, but yeah, Gandalf kind of, he had not exactly foresight, but he had kind of like an inkling that like, you know, like when he told Thorin, it's like, this guy, this hobbit, not a hobbit, this hobbit needs to go with you. And, you know this is the only way you're going to succeed. You know, it's almost like Bilbo, 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 he's our man. If he can't do it, no one will. Um, because if, if Bilbo couldn't do it, if Bilbo didn't live up to exactly the, the expectations, I kept wanting to say specifications, expectations that Gandalf uh, had of him, then, you know, all is lost. Like if he had killed Gollum at, you know, in the in the cave while he was invisible, the ring would never be destroyed.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, the, there wouldn't have been a Lord of the Rings trilogy.
0: It would have been a way different trilogy. It,
1: it, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been.
0: Well, I think they he would have attempted to get... Because the only reason they were able to avoid all the Easterlings and everything and go the back way into Mordor... Is because Gollum knew how to get there. Right. Frodo was going to try to, like, run through the front gate while the door was still open.
1: He was just going to try to walk into Mordor. Yeah. After fucking Ned Stark told told him not to.
0: You can't. But he tried. Ugh, unbelievable.
1: But we get to see, you know, so we see Bilbo have the ring. And we don't really understand at this point what the ring... I mean, like, obviously we understand what the ring is. We know what the ring is. We know the power that the ring has. And we know its demise because we've seen the Lord of the Rings at this point. Um, This is what happens when the prequel comes out after the actual thing. Anyways. uh (laughs) Yeah, that's what
0: happens when the the, the second trilogy... ...is technic- is chronologically the first. Looking at you, George Lucas.
1: So, we see, you know, like I said, the ring is a thing, but it's not really a thing. It's not the main plot of this story. Bilbo has it, and he has it pretty much for the sake of having it. it he does use it. He realizes its power... He can kind of resist its power. He uses it to his advantage.
0: And Gandalf knows he has a ring of power.
1: Gandalf senses something. But
0: he doesn't know it's the ring of power. Because there's many rings of power in this world. Again, nine to the realms of men, seven to the dwarves, three to the elves. There's lots of them. One to me... I know it, and it's funny because you we were one so, to
1: Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco.
0: I don't even know what that's a. It's reference a Mean to. Girls
1: reference. Oh my god, shut up! I Not for Gretchen Wieners.
0: I don't know who Gretchen Wiener is.
1: Oh my god, you need to watch Mean Girls. No, I don't. That's gonna happen. No, I've been watching a lot of shit that I haven't watched this year because you want me to watch it. You're gonna watch fucking Mean Girls. Mm. Anyways, I want to get to smog.
3: Smaug 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 Smaug
1: Smog Smaug Smaug. shows up Smaug.
0: because dragons are drawn to gold and
1: they like gold
0: and the dwarves mine so much gold out of the lonely mountain. Like it's if I were to guess
1: ridiculous the amount of gold and, and we see the amount of gold in the beginning of the first film.
0: It's able to completely
1: drive men insane.
0: Hide a dragon. And for reference for folks who have seen Game of Thrones, George R.R. Martin was asked who would win in a battle, Smaug or Drogon? And he said, Smaug, like it's not even close. Drogon's nowhere near his size.
1: Smaug is... Plus he uh, talks. So, well, I mean... But does he talk, or can Bilbo understand him because of the ring?
0: Oh, he talks. He's He speaks. Dragons are articulate. Like, it's very weird which animals can and cannot communicate with people.
1: Unless you're Radagast.
0: Well, the Radagast, the brown, is...
1: We're, we're going to talk about him after He eats now, a goodness. lot of mushrooms. I, I, need, I need to talk about this character after. Fun but fact,
0: but Radagast was the name, was the secret password that... Uh, What's her face used to get into? Uh, Winona Ryder used to get into Will's fort in, uh, and which was called Markwood. In uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things, yes. I almost said that strange show. That's our that's our friends. Yeah, we have uh, friends and they do stuff. Um,
1: check them out. They're yes. fantastic.
0: They are Angel and uh, uh, Ryan and Mandy, but yeah. Um. That was, you know, Radagast was the, the password to get in when you see in the in the flashback, so.
1: And I love him so much, and we'll talk about him in a moment. But anyways, I, I need to talk about Smaug. Smaug. So, Smaug. yeah, he was...
0: The dwarves are very, very greedy, and they all wanted more gold. And Thorin's
1: like grandfather... Them. They are Mr. Craps.
0: It was... They are
1: uh, the Mr. Crabs of the realm.
0: Thorin's grandfather was named Thror, so like Thor with an extra R, and then his dad was named Thrain. So Thror was the dwarf that wanted to mine, and while they were mining, they found the Arkenstone. And so this That's treasure, this treasure, like we said, is gold. They were able, not using any of the stuff in the, in the, the main chamber, the main hall, where all the the gold was, which was hundreds and hundreds of feet deep, spanning probably a mile in every direction, Uh, they were able to, with the leftover gold, make a, I don't know, three, four hundred foot tall dwarf statue by melting all the gold that they had. Leftover gold? Like the stuff that was in the forge that they used. Uh, because the dwarves are also amazing craftsmen, mm-hmm. uh, and that dates back to Norse mythology. Dwarves made uh, uh, all the 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 armor and Mjolnir and all that stuff. Meow meow. Um, and it was enough to completely cover Smaug when it you know collapsed because it hadn't set properly, and coated the entire floor just in gold. Like it was, it's unbelievable. There had to be, if I were to guess tens of trillions of dollars worth of gold. Oh, at least. The Arkenstone, because Bilbo claims it as his share of the treasure, the Arkenstone by itself is worth one fourteenth of that. So the Arkenstone must have been worth ten trillion dollars. It's Crazy. Which is insane. Thor used it as the symbol of his right... To kingship, and he had it placed in his uh, in his throne. And then, when what's his face showed up, Smaug, he tried to hide it, but it ended up uh, he ended up dropping it, and it, as it got you know uh, in the cascade of all the coins and everything, so it was lost. They were, and that's all Thorin wanted, and he ended up with dragon sickness,
1: and that is where Bilbo comes in. Mm-hmm. Because Bilbo's purpose throughout this entire saga is to be a thief. Yeah, it's he's a to burglar. steal... Yeah, a burglar. To steal the... What's it called? Arkenstone. Arkenstone. From the dragon.
0: Yeah, he... They wanted him to go in because he... Uh, Thorin, as the son of Thrain... So Azog, the pale orc... God damn
1: it. Tolkien, you are not allowed to name anything else. I know.
0: Azog went in and killed Thror, beheaded him. Thrain, Thorin's dad, went nuts and ran off and no one ever saw him again, which left Thorin as the king. And he was able to cut off Azog's hand and rally the dwarves and defeat them and drive drive the orcs away. Mm-hmm. But then the dragon showed up and wrecked everything. So what they're trying to do is get the Arkenstone, because if he gets the Arkenstone, all the other dwarves will recognize him as king. Like, the, the Arkenstone is the thing that, um, you know, symbolizes the right to rule. So he was able to to send Bilbo in. Like that's the whole that's his whole job is to go in stay away from the wires. He was to send Bilbo in to sneak around, be unnoticed and hide, partly because Bilbo is small and and, you know, able to sneak around, light on his feet and whatnot. But also because If any of the dwarves had tried to go in, um, Smaug knew what dwarves smelled like, and Mm -hmm. he would understand immediately what they were there to do. And they were trying to make sure that they didn't wake him up because he's just dragons just love their treasure and they just sleep on their hoard of treasure. Like that's a a very popular, um, you know, part of the mythology. You see it a lot in D and D and other role playing games. Dragons tend to have large hoards of treasure. And Bilbo, we don't know if he finds it or not. But it's weird. The Arkenstone is not nearly as important in the book as it is made out to be in the movie.
1: But he has an interesting interaction with Smaug. Mm-hmm. And... I find myself really drawn to the character of Smaug. I don't know if it's because it's Benedict Cumberbatch voicing Smaug.
0: Who also voiced uh, the Necromancer.
1: Really? I didn't know that.
0: Well, I told you while we were watching it.
1: I don't... I drank a lot while we were watching this, too. (laughs) You remembered the
0: Hobbit shit from nine months ago, but you didn't remember this from three days ago.
1: life is weird okay 2020 is just weird anyways um it's like a game of cat and mouse
0: yeah like you know bilbo's giving him all his
1: and and you all know,
0: his uh nicknames
1: Smug. uh it's almost like he doesn't want to kill him
0: He's, he's amusing for a, the longer he amuses him the longer he'll stay alive Right. which I, I kind of took a little bit of that interaction and used it in how much do you tip an exorcist with the, uh, the story of the librarian versus and the controller it's,
1: it's kind of like they're toying with each other well, you know, because, because initially, you know, Bilbo's mission is to get the Arkenstone without waking the dragon. But he realized this was all... I mean, where is the Arkenstone in this massive...
0: Yeah, he's picking up giant diamonds and rubies and shit.
1: and tons of gold. Because gold can be pretty heavy.
0: There's probably hundreds of tons of of gold. Like, like it's just it, it, this it's, empty...
1: It's in this palatial palace Think, setting.
0: It's it's not even that. It's a hollowed-out mountain that they turned into a city, and you it's know, just and, covered and in gold.
1: Bilbo relies on the ring initially mm-hmm. to...
0: Keep himself hidden. Right. But Smaug can smell, smell him, him and feel his displaced air. Mm-hmm. Um, Bilbo tries to rely on flattery, Mm. but Smaug's like, "Listen, I'll keep you alive for a little while, like while you're, you know, amusing me. You're dying one way or the other, but you know how long you stay alive is entirely up to how how interesting I find you." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm the Riddle Master and the Burglar." No, he doesn't say burglar. He says something. He like comes up with every other, but when he says Barrel Rider. That's when he knows that the dwarves sent him mm-hmm now smog is probably if I were to look at his wingspan, I'd say six hundred feet
1: large uh
0: he's probably from nose to tail, thousand feet.
1: He's definitely larger than anything Game of Thrones put out.
0: I would say he's probably rivaled rivaling. Uh, Ghidorah in King of the Monsters. Mm. That's roughly where I would put him. Yeah. Like a thousand foot wingspan, a six, seven hundred foot wingspan, you know, eight, nine hundred yeah, feet from nose to tail. Yeah, he's
1: definitely kaiju status at he's this point. huge. He's, he,
0: and he's been
1: sleeping for a long time, so he has all of this energy to waste.
0: Yeah, and, um... They do some pretty interesting stuff with him. Um, I don't remember exactly how they battled him in the book. Like, I I don't remember a a pale orc. Again, I read this when I was in my early 20s. I was working at Sears. So, again, it's been almost two decades, and it took me six months to get through it. So I was just...
1: (sighs) But I do... I I don't know. Maybe it's because I saw the -the behind-the-scenes look... Before even entering into this particular part of the trilogy, I was trilogy, trying to
0: entice you to watch it.
1: You know Benedict Cumberbatch with all of these sensors and stuff on him, motion the capture mo-cap stuff, suit. You know the same stuff that uh, what's his Andy face, Circus. Andy Circus wore for Gollum, and what Andy Circus wears for everything that he Kong does, Kong and Caesar. For the most part. And... You know all of his most famous roles are are him in motion capture but anyways um you know Benedict Cumberbatch in the most unflattering most motion capture suit uh crawling around on all fours on the floor mm-hmm. like as low as he can possibly go doing the smog voice and i was it's just amazing. so enthralled by it i was like Dan- like that's what that is what got me to want to watch the Lord of the Rings, even though he wasn't in it, and to ultimately have the time to watch the Hobbit series. Yeah, because
0: I was like, you need to like just watch this. But imagine him as a dragon. It's like he's... I'm
1: sitting there, I'm like, why am I so attracted to this dragon? And it's like, oh yeah, it's dragon voice by Benedict Cumberbatch. Not that he's a. There, there's something really alluring about him as a otter. person. He, he does kind of look like an otter, and it's adorable. But it's it's more or less his personality. But his delivery in this, the way that he's able to manipulate his voice, it's so menacing.
0: Well, I mean, they also did some. I mean, they they're, they're, filtered. The right. shit out no, of it. No, they
1: did, but he has a way of like he can make himself.
0: He saw, he a very bassy baritone yes. when he
1: wants to. You know, I, I, just con
0: in in uh, it's, Star it's, Trek. It's
1: weird. Like he's he's not a good-looking guy, but like it's he it's it's weird. I can't explain it. Ask Agent Nicole; she gets it. Um. Anyways, it's the gingerbread man. <laughs>
0: he's not a ginger.
1: He kind of is. He kind of is not at all. A little bit sometimes. Not not even a little little. bit sometimes. But anyways, anyways, you know the fact that this hobbit is able to free himself from this massive, massive, massive creature unscathed.
0: Oh, he's scathed a little bit. Like, he's, he, and it's, but it's not so much the interaction with the dragon, it's the interaction afterwards with Thorin, because the first he's like, did you find the Arkenstone? He's like, we have to go, the dragon's chasing him. He's like, where's the goddamn Arkenstone? And he's like, but the dragon's right over, he goes, I don't care, where's the fucking Arkenstone? Did you find it? Where is it? Give it to me now. And he's like, uh, I don't know. But of course he has it and he uses it as a trick to entice the elves. And he does this in the books as well. He's like, I'm taking this as my one fourteenth of the treasure. I'm giving this to you An- and I think that's Legolas's dead. Uh here's the uh here's the um Arkenstone. But he
1: has that interaction with Thorin. Yeah. While he has the arkenstone in his pocket. Yes. Thorin asking him, "Did you find it?" And Bilbo lying to him. And we can see Bilbo kind of fidgeting a little bit. And, he
0: doesn't say, "No, I didn't find it." Right,
1: but but he But they're
0: interrupted but, by a dragon.
1: And Thorin pretty much says, "I believe you."
0: Yeah, but like, he like, does like Thorin, start to suspect other people have it.
1: Right, he suspects that other people have it, but he does not suspect the thief of the group. Right. Which says something to Bilbo's ability to lead others astray.
0: Bilbo saved his life earlier, so he wouldn't think that Bilbo would betray him. Right. So, you know, Bilbo gets the... the, And he gives him Mithril, the the, um, chainmail shirt Mm -hmm. that no blade can pierce. And uh he's like, Oh no no, I don't I, I don't need that He's like, No no, I'm giving it to you as a gift. Like as a token of our friendship. And he's like, Oh well I guess then I'll take it. So
1: But I mean at this point Thorin is really succumbing to this
0: Dragon sickness. That's what they call it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know
0: this lust for gold. Like he had promised the people of Lake town, like help me, give me weapons, give me stuff so I can go in there and I'll give you some treasure so you can build yourself back up. And then he gets there. He's like, fuck those guys. Right. This shit is this mine.
1: Treasure is mine.
0: And he echoes the exact Arr. words that Smaug uses. You know, I will not part with a single coin. Like it's mine. Like, you know, it's almost, it's reminiscent of how the ring affects people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in the in the the you know the fellowship and and so on, like this is mine. It's my own, my precious. You know, like everyone refers to it as their precious.
1: And it's crazy because it's like who you know the dragon's the bad guy. Thorne is becoming the bad guy. The orcs are the bad guy. There's a like, lot of there's very, a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air. Yes.
0: with with Tolkien's writing, he's juggling quite a bit, and. You know, there's nobody that's completely incorruptible because even we see the uh, the spider, the weird fucking trapdoor spider that comes out, and Bilbo goes absolutely nuts because he had dropped the ring. He went fucking nuts on this thing, and yeah, it's a spider, so it's not that big of a deal, but... He just slaughters it, massacres it. He's like, it's mine, it's my ring. And he's only had the ring for a couple days at this point. Mm -hmm. And then he comes to his senses and he's like, where did I go? How did I get here? What just happened? Like, he completely blacked out under the influence of the ring. And we're seeing Thorin do the same thing. Uh, And so Bilbo's kind of understanding what's going on and he knows what he has to do, even though it's going to put himself in harm's way and there's going to be it's, it's detrimental to him to uh, get between Thorin and the Arkenstone but that's exactly what he does and you know we don't see it in the movie but in the book when Thorin dies they bury him with the Arkenstone
1: Oh, do
0: they? They bury him with the Arkansas. So all of that, and they just like, oh, well, here you go. They bury him with it, and it's like, there you, you got it. You got what you wanted. Um, the Arkansas is said to be that it radiates its own light from within, and if you were to shine a light on it, it like radiates. It's like. A million prisms, like, just rainbows fucking shoot out of it, and pure light just shoots out of it, and it's, like, the most... It's, like, if you were to take a, a like, the world's greatest... like a the world's greatest disco ball made of, like, Swarovski crystals and, like, shine an iridescent light on it and just have, like, all the colors like and like four new colors that have never existed would come out of it mm-hmm. like there there's a fan theory that it's one of the silmarils but the silmarils cannot be handled by uh any mortal so and we see lots of mortals handling it so it's clearly not a silmaril just throwing that out there it's, i i am of the camp that it's not a silmaril what do you think sure yeah yeah so bilbo eventually uh helps them fight like i don't remember this battle at the end being the same way i do remember thorin dying at the end and bilbo being very very sad about it
1: i mean so in the film version you know for what i saw because god knows i'll never read Tolkien. um you know he played a a small part in this battle.
0: Yeah, because he got knocked out like 10 minutes in like tearing at the Battle of the Whispering Wood. He
1: did swing Sting a couple of times. I'm swinging and I'm stinging. But, you know, his role was mainly the bringing of the Arkenstone to the attention of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Who wasn't Thorin. And realizing that Thorin is pretty much sick and you know going to be he's not
0: in his right mind
1: right you know he's not in his right mind and he's you know acting rather dictatorly and they're just not into that stuff so the outcome of everything is related to Bilbo's actions but also not related to his actions
0: um, Bilbo puts certain things into action.
1: He he puts certain things into place,
0: like like the he fact sets the
1: motion and 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 the way that it it goes.
0: The, the, the him finding the Arkenstone and the fact that the Arkenstone was uh was there again was enough to bring the Iron Hills dwarves back which helped turn the tide against the orcs because the orcs were attacking on two fronts. So you had the orcs and the elves cuz the elves were showing up and you know there was all kinds of shit going on. So that that was helpful. The eagles showed up and threw some people and picked some other people up and dropped them. Um Yeah, like everything everything that happened had to happen exactly the way it happened and could not have happened any other way. Mm-hmm. So everybody played their part and was where they were supposed to be at all times.
1: Right. Like, Thorin had to die. He just had to. He wouldn't have been an appropriate ruler. No. And but- it wouldn't have set up the other films, the other books.
0: No, it would have. It would have. Like, he, uh, because it's 50 years later, like, a lot of shit happened between then and like, Andril never said to Legolas, Oh, go see this guy. His name is Strider. He's totally not Aragorn or anything. Like, that shit didn't happen. Glowin didn't show Legolas a locket with his wife and son in it. It's like, oh, this is my son, Gimli, and it's like, hey, that's from the other movies, Like because Legolas was not in the books, so none of that shit happened.
1: Well, no, but I feel like they needed to put certain hallmarks in these films that fans could relate to. Oh hey, I know that guy.
0: Right, but it was it was pure fan service like it didn't serve the story. It didn't. And, well, make I mean, a o-
1: obviously like but it it served a purpose as far as the film's went. I mean, it As a person who hasn't read any of the books, who watched the original trilogy, so the Lord of the, the Rings orig- trilogy. <laughs> nobody calls it that. Um Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Nobody calls it the Ridge Tridge. So, st- stop! Stop trying to make Cody the Ridge, Ridge Tridge happen. Okay? Cody Johnson
0: and Dan O'Brien does. Dan oh, O'Brien I now is even a writer know for.
1: Who they are?
0: Cody Johnson has his own news show. He used to work for Crack, and Dan Good O'Brien also worked for Crack, and now is a writer for John Oliver.
1: I mean, good for them. They have jobs. I have a job too. But, anyways, um, for me, it added a familiar face to the story. It gave me some sort of, you know, familiarity that was very welcoming in a sea of. Characters who I knew nothing about, and honestly, like let's f- wrap up our discussion on Bilbo before I go into Radagast and how much I loved him, and then things that I didn't like.
0: So, just just a question: Had Legolas not been in it, would that have changed your thoughts on the movie? No Legolas whatsoever.
1: I mean, it, well, <clears throat> as a as a whole. No.
0: Take Legolas out. Give Toriel more, more stuff to do.
1: Oh, I like Toriel. Yeah,
0: Legolas took a lot of that. A lot of her and action away. I felt away. really
1: like I was really, ho- I was really pulling for her happy ending. I, I was really sad. Like that was probably the only thing I was sad about.
0: Yeah, because that you, whole
1: thing. Like I, I, you have nine hundred
0: new characters and one guy that like. Oh, yeah, he was in the other... Like, who gives a shit? Like, I could have done without Legolas. Like, I didn't care that he was there. He didn't add anything to me. It's like, oh, well, he's got this rivalry with that guy. Who cares? Who cares?
1: No, I mean, like, I I get that. But, you know, they also, like, Gollum was there and Gandalf was there. But Gandalf uh, was always part of the story. I understand that, like, they were, I don't know. Gandalf and Saruman
0: and Gladriel and Elrond were always part of the story. All the elves uh, that you see, they're all new elves. All the dwarves, you'd never seen any of these dwarves before, and they're the main characters.
1: But, like, here's the thing. I didn't care about any of the characters. But
0: you got to spend time with Radagast. Radagast was a guy that you liked.
1: I did like Radagast. I would go on an adventure with rodegast any day
0: he loves his mushrooms
1: i which is fantastic and he loves his hedgehogs and his other animals his all He's, of his woodland creatures he, saved he, his he has bird shit in his hair and i love him yeah because birds live in too his hair He's here for this world and i will protect him at all costs all costs
0: he he was great um, you know he
1: lent uh and an important part to the beginning of this saga.
0: He was the one who brought to the attention of uh, Gandalf and the others that there was a necromancer back and everyone's and, you know, Saruman's like, no, there isn't. There's no there's no necromancer. He's been eating the mushrooms again. Like his brain is addled, you know, because he just smokes weed all day and, you know, eats mushrooms. And it's like, yeah, he does. But he's also a powerful wizard in his own right. Like he's the guy that Gandalf calls to be his backup. He can
1: perform necromancy of his own, bringing the hedgehog back to life.
0: That's not. Or I should say,
1: bringing the hedgehog back from the brink of death.
0: Yeah, he was able to use his gem, like the the jewel that's in his staff, to
1: like pull his form of power. Yes. Like, but you because he tried uh, a bunch uh, of natural
0: remedies first, and then realized, holy shit, this is witchcraft, and then used because he's of the same. Uh, I don't even I don't want to say angelic, but like that's the only real like analog there is, like the same angelic race of you know the, that Gandalf and Saruman are a part of, and then there were two other wizards, the blue wizards, that get mentioned a little bit but never really brought they're, up again they're
1: kind, yeah they're kind of glossed over because as they of were, the fact you know like there are blue wizards and that's it
0: yeah like there were two of them and they defeated uh um Saruman and his master the first time like, they were instrumental in that, and then they kind of just kind of...
1: No, like, Radagast was definitely an important... Radagast the Brown. Yes, Radagast the Brown was important in the establishment of this adventure.
0: Yes, and, and
1: you know... Uh, he
0: provided a, a, a
3: inside, distraction.
1: Right, he provided an, a distraction.
3: Rustabel rabbit.
1: Yes, and, you know, it was really important in identifying one of the main protagonists of this film, the fact that the necromancer is yeah. back.
0: And then they learned that it was Sauron, and they ended up fighting him, even after like the whole time, you know, everyone was like, nope, it's not really him. And Gandalf's like, okay, well, here's this sword that Radagast gave me. Oh, yeah, what's the sword? And they're like, yeah. Elrond looks at it, and goes, this is a Morgul blade. This is the witch king of Angmar. This is his blade that was buried with him, like, in a tomb... Like, where no one could possibly fucking find this. Like, no one knew where it was except us. And there was like no way to get to it without intense magic. And they're like, well, here it fucking is. And Sauron's like, "Saruman's like, no, I don't think it is. But like,
1: Radagast was just so pure and so wholesome Mm -hmm. in comparison to everyone else. And he just wanted to help his little woodland buddies. Yep. You know, he kept company with the animals of the woods, and that's it. He lived by himself, with all of his little creatures, and no creature was too small for him, or too big, or too big.
0: I mean, we, I mean the spiders were.
1: Well, uh, yeah, he didn't love the spiders that were called upon when he was using his ultimate form of magic. Um, but he—he he was just—he was just perfect. I, I would love to see a film of just him.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice it could to be know just more him, of Radagast. Like,
1: you know smoking some shit doing some mushrooms and talking to some hedgehogs yeah, you know, playing play, with some rats playing, like I, I, would watch, with I would watch two hours of that over why the fuck why the fuck did they have to spread one book into three films
0: Well, because Peter Jackson had a Books, dragon sickness
1: uh, apparently
0: so what? Films
1: one and two alone
0: yes, could have been
1: combined. The third yeah. film I enjoyed.
0: So overall, uh, yes. What? because we're at almost an hour and 20 minutes just on this section. So overall, what were your thoughts on this film compared to the original trilogy? Not as good. No, I agree. Not
1: as good. Um, again, the first two films could be could have been combined without the extended cuts, whatever, to be one film. The third film I thought was fantastic. I liked the battles. I liked, you know, the the culmination of everything. Um, I was a little bummed that in the third film, that's all we got of Smog. Smaug? well cuz we Smaug. got most of it
0: in the first and then they ended it on that cliffhanger like
1: well, we got most of it in the second a little bit in the first Yeah, like the, most right of before it in the then. second yeah. and then a little bit in the third i was kind of hoping that he would be more of i don't know an antagonist uh, but an he what instigator, like that's what happened in the books too or the you book. know um you know and i didn't Love the way that he went out. Either, but that's like, how it happened. Was, in the book. Well, I mean, like, and that's fantastic. They were, but true that's, in the book. To- but that's Tolkien's but, like, style. I, I just, I just didn't. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm giving my opinion. I didn't love that. I would have right. loved to have seen more of of the dragon. But um, I didn't hate the way that it ended. I liked how when it ended, uh, you know, it, it cuts back to Ian Holm mm-hmm. writing. And, and it picks again. up right at the beginning. And, yeah, and it picks up at the beginning of The Lord of the Rings. Now, but you get to see it from Bilbo's
0: point of view instead of Gandalf's. Right.
1: right. Um, comparing the two trilogies. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, I will gladly revisit. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching it again at some point. And if we continue to stay on this COVID track, it might be sooner rather than later. And, you know, I I will gladly watch the extended cuts of everything again. I thought that, you know, one book per film was fantastic. I I formed a bond with some of these characters. I really cared about... The characters and this journey in this trilogy.
0: You were devastated with uh, when when uh, Gandalf died.
1: Oh God, I.
0: But I mean, who wasn't?
1: You know, uh, Gandalf the Grey. Yes. Gandalf the Grey. Yes. That that was a moment that I. Yes. um I didn't feel that kind of attachment to the characters in this Hobbit trilogy. I felt that they didn't spend enough time with some of these characters to form that kind of attachment.
0: Yeah, like you don't you see like 3 of the dwarves really you spend you, time with and the other half dozen you like get nothing. There
1: are ample amount of of characters in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but there seem to be more characters in the Hobbit films. Well, it's about and the same r- but but i mean there's something about the recipe that the lord of the rings trilogy has that the hobbits films don't have
0: well and i think it's because you have characters that you're invested in and you get to see their relationships grow as they go along whereas like you know the there's like 13 or 14 in the in the fellowship to start off with.
1: You know, like aside from, you know, I love in, in this trilogy that we just watched. I liked Toriel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wish I had gotten more of her. I liked Smaug. 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 Uh, wish I had gotten more of the dragon. And I like Radagast. I wish I had gotten more of him. Right. And But in the in the trilogy like, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Everybody seemed I mean, to be good. Sam good. was fantastic. Oh, well, Sam was my favorite character. Yep. But I also loved um, Elwyn. Arwin, Arwen. Aowyn.
0: Aowyn. Aowyn. E-O-W. Aowyn. Yeah.
1: A-O-W-N. Um, You know, Glad- Galadriel was great in both.
0: Mm-hmm. She you didn't know, do as bit- much in the original one
1: but i mean like it, it, it Kate blanchett can just stand there and i'm gonna be like yeah you're so great well, i prefer uh, she
0: acts and does stuff
1: but, but she's fantastic um you know uh, what was Ego martinson's character
0: aragorn son of Arithan.
1: aragorn like like you really find yourself really rooting for some of these characters
0: Right, because the they Lord have the redeeming qualities about them.
1: You know, like, I, I can't name most of the characters. Like, all the dwarves, I have no fucking clue.
0: No, I I couldn't tell you all the dwarves. I was trying to name them all earlier, and I can't, so... Like,
1: I, I, I couldn't. Like, I, I can't differentiate some of the characters. Obviously, you know Bilbo.
0: Yeah, you know Bilbo, Thorin. You know,
1: Gandalf, yep, Thorin. Um... I uh, see I can't even remember the name of Luke Evans character.
0: Bard. That was, that From was The
1: Lakeville Bard. Bard? Yes. Okay.
0: But he You know. Uh, and, and,
1: again, and, and, this could have been Toriel, two
0: movies. It should have been two movies. There was no reason to make it a third. Two movies.
1: You know, and and that's it's just it just feels like it's 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 the Hobbit, the quest for more money. Like, you know, we want your dollars. And like, they and released that's all them it was.
0: 2012, 2013, 2014. So it's not like, you know, they released them, you know, within six months of each other. It was one a year. Like they filmed everything all in a row, but it it,
1: It was just, it was, it was almost like a, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I really enjoyed. I was invested in, I look forward to, you know, we spent an entire weekend watching it, two films one day, one film the next day. I looked forward to that. I had a lot of fun with that. And with the Hobbit films, it felt like a chore. Not yeah. that I didn't enjoy my time in Mill Earth.
0: There was some, there was some good stuff, but for the most part, it was you know, drawn again, out.
1: That third film, I really liked, but yeah, that was I, where most of the action was.
0: For me, the issue was, you know, and I, I think this is the problem comparing this with the original trilogy is there was so much that just like you, you had to fill time. So things were drawn out.
1: Well, and, and, you know, some of the things that they focused on in order to draw out that time didn't necessarily add anything to the plot, didn't add anything to the story.
0: Right, like the... Didn't the,
1: create any type of character bonding.
0: The, you know, conflict between Andrewil and Toriel and Legolas, like throw all of that out and you get two movies because there's no reason for it there's no reason for it i didn't like it um i don't know so let us know what you think if you have different thoughts if you enjoyed the uh hobbit trilogy or I mean,
1: maybe you liked it and you can kind of shed some light as to why you liked it yeah and there's nothing and wrong maybe, if you liked you know, it that's fine and again like it's not that i hated it I just, you know, having watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy beforehand, which, I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like that's kind of how you should watch them because that's what came out first. You know, Um, even though technologies were different between the two films, you know, technologies were more advanced and they were able to do some things better in the Hobbit films than they were able to do in the Lord of the Rings films. You know, aesthetics aside, like story-wise... It just, I liked it better. It made more sense. You can't take
0: one book and turn it into three movies, and you can't take it and have it be the same quality as three books, three movies. Because there was a lot of stuff that got cut out in the the Lord of the Rings books, and there was a lot of stuff that got cut out in The Hobbit, but you still stretch it out over three movies. Like, there's a difference between, I'm going to cut stuff out of this, you know, 350 page book to make a three and a half hour movie as opposed to I'm going to cut stuff out of this 350 page book but I'm still going to give you 11 and a half hours of content.
1: Right. Yeah, it just it just didn't it, it was it didn't make sense and I didn't feel that connection to the characters that I felt with watching the other trilogy and ultimately that's what the show is about.
2: Yeah, it's feeling connection a connection the to the that character.
1: So I think Bilbo Baggins is a great character. You know, it it leads to you know the Frodo story really well. Well, I, I think
0: we should watch the Rankin and Bass version so you can see, like, what the the BBC you know the guys that knew Tolkien that this came out while he was alive, or shortly thereafter, you can kind of see how the vision changed. But. Uh, With that being said, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap things up and give you a preview of what's going to happen next week. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorking Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
3: Greetings, weary adventurer. Do you have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill you seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? Then it's time for ye to sink your teeth into mythical meats' exotic game sticks. Mythical meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the spicy creatures sample pack featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky Sample Pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the exotic flavor Sample Pack featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite? Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over forty nine dollars get free two day shipping. Mythical meats, exotic games, snack sticks. So good, they're legendary.
0: And we are back. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation about uh, Bilbo and his companions throughout the uh, Hobbit trilogy that should never have been. But, um, you know, again, let us know what you thought of it. You know, if you enjoyed the original trilogy more or if you enjoyed, you know, aspects of the Hobbit trilogy or, you know, just what your thoughts are in general. If you've read it, if you're a big Tolkien nerd, you know, let us know because I'm sure I got some of the stuff wrong and I pronounced some things wrong as well. Um, you know, let us know. Thursday podcast at gmail.com. You know, shoot us an email. But, uh, Ashes, what do, we, what do we have coming up next week? Because so, this is your baby. Uh,
1: this is something exciting. This is something that we have never done before. Uh, actually, the next two weeks, we're doing things that we have never done before. Yep. Next week, Thursday... December 24th, Christmas Eve, X-mas we Eve. are debuting our Throwdown Thursday Christmas Eve variety show, Spectacular.
0: Happy Time Smile Power Hour. <laughs> I don't, we're going to come up with a better name than <laughs>
1: it's, that. It's going to be awesome. We are talking skits, laughs, music even, in the vein of the old-timey radio christmas specials. Well, I was thinking
0: like, you know, you know like the old uh, Sonny and Cher, like the Dean Martin show. Well,
1: exactly, but like on Flip the radio. Wilson.
0: Maybe I'll maybe I'll do uh, like War of the Worlds but like for Santa.
1: But anyways, we're working on some really awesome stuff. We have some great skits coming, uh commercials songs you name it it's happening oh, it's gonna the be so throw down thursday christmas eve variety spectacular power hour like it's going to be phenomenal we are putting together such a fantastic project for you guys and i cannot wait for you to listen this is it was just an idea that Came to me in the shower one day. A lot of ideas come to me in the shower. That's no it works. comment. Um, but yeah, so it was, it's, it's shaping up to be something super awesome. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Uh, so that is next week on Christmas Eve. So please. Please spend your Christmas Eve with us. And the following week, we're doing something else we've never done before. New Year's Eve. It is our Throwdown Thursday live New Year's Eve extravaganza. Yes. Now, we have done live shows before, but we have never done Throwdown Thursday live. Live.
0: Right. This will be the first Throwdown Thursday live show. We're going to have our fun introductions. I'm going to be working on some video stuff to put in because I don't know how to do that. come
1: spend your New Year's Eve with us starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We are working on some guests. It goes until question mark. We're going to be doing our year-end wrap-up talking about our top five characters from this past year. And did I mention it's going to be live? You are going to be able to see our bright, shiny faces Drinking a little drink, eating a little sushi, Egg, getting a little chummy. So this is going to be fantastic. I'm so looking forward to this. It's the first time Throwdown Thursday has ever been live. And don't worry if you cannot make it; the audio will be available uh, as wherever, as it always wherever is. you listen to our show uh, on Friday. New Year's no. Day.
0: On, it'll be January avail- 1st. It'll be available Thursday.
1: Well, Thursday evening after the show airs. Mm-hmm. Uh but anyways, come party with and us. And the video from- will
0: be on YouTube.
1: Yeah, the video will be on YouTube. I'll
0: upload them both as soon as we're done. But
1: we are uh the video you can you can turn on tune in on YouTube, you can tune in on Facebook. There will be
0: an event uh posted on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, all of our socials because you'll be able to follow along on the On Thursday Facebook page and you can interact with us on Twitch, on YouTube. Uh, so any of those uh, platforms in which you have a uh, 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 an account. Pretty so, much everybody has a YouTube I mean, account.
1: If you want to join us live, just let us know. But if you would like to participate, you could obviously join us in the chat mm-hmm. or... You can send us an email at throwdownthursdaypodcast at com of your top five characters from this past year, and we will read it live on air.
0: Yes. And... Uh, it's going
1: to be a party. You won't want to miss and it. And the
0: following week, we have a huge guest.
1: We're... I can't... Ugh, God, I... I I cannot even begin to put into appropriate words the guest that we are trying to work on for you guys. It is going to be huge. It will be the biggest guest that Throwdown Thursday has ever seen. We, and it may not be the f- that following week, but it'll be close. It'll and, be, it'll, and we are we're in the process it'll of It'll be that week cuz that's on, the uh, moratorium. It's kind of um it's almost like an ungettable get.
0: It's, a, it's not a guest that I would have been, that I, it was offered. It is
1: not Ray Park's, it, just saying.
0: No, it's not going to be Ray Park either.
1: Um, it, it, it's something that was offered to us in such a way that, I, I mean, I had never, this guest was never even on my radar.
0: Yeah, this is not a guest that I would be like, oh. We should be able to get them. That's easy, uh, but
1: because uh, it, it's not easy, <laughs>
0: we're only going to have about twenty minutes with this guest, so we're going to maximize we're our time. We're going as, to
1: make it worth uh, it, but uh, we will
0: also uh, we're going to be doing video with this guest as well. So if you missed the live show, we will be able to drop the video onto the YouTube channel, so you'll get to see that as well. It won't be live, uh, but it'll drop the same way we drop the uh, Loudest Sports Show. Speaking of which, tomorrow's loudest sports show, if you're listening to this on Thursday as it comes out, the 17th, uh, tomorrow's loudest sports show, you get to see uh, me eat my first McRib, and uh, I did not quite have the same reaction Homer did when he ate the rib. Ribwich. Also, you can catch me on It's Go Time with Jay and James, uh, also on the Dorkening Network. We did the uh, NBA preview episode, and this coming Sunday... The Louder Sports Show will be live with our own NBA preview episode just in time for the season to kick off on December 27th. So come hang out with us on Sunday as well.
1: Do you mean the season to tip off?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Kick off. Sometimes guys kick. Draymond Green kicks guys all the time. That's why the uh, Warriors lost their uh, championship because he punched LeBron in the balls. So... He got suspended in the Cavaliers' one.
1: Anyways. Yeah. So we hope that you will join us next week. And for every the, week. Well, and every week, but especially next week as we... Uh, Do our Christmas Eve, Christmas Variety Hour spectacular. We
0: promise to have a better name
1: for that. We will. We're working on it. It's in production. Mm -hmm. Just wait. It's going to be. You're not going to want to miss it. And then join us in two weeks for our Throwdown Thursday live New England. New England. Wow. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Eve. We're in New England. New Year's Eve extra. Oh God, uh, and
0: that way we can uh, we can include everybody and it'll still be long before midnight so you can still have plenty of time to get absolutely schnockered schnockered but with that being said
4: <gasps> we, we will
3: see you next Thursday,
4: Thursday. Mm, misty eye of the mountain below keep careful watch your- Souls? and should the sky be filled with fire and smoke, keep watching over Durrinside.